and uh, welcome to another exciting edition of Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. I am Andy Bannister from Solas, and I am joined... Well, actually, I'm not joined by Christy Mayer because Christy, my usual uh, sidekick, is off doing something very exciting, Anglican and academic at Oak Hill uh, College where she works. But I am joined by my uh, Solas uh, partner in crime, Gavin Matthews. Gavin, uh, well, you've stepped in before, but welcome to Pep Talk. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? You all right? Uh, I'm doing well. I've just travelled down from Scotland, so I've dashed off the plane, run up the run, run in the house, wolfed down a quick sandwich, and uh, now we're doing this. And we are joined uh, today by um, by someone not from Scotland, not from England. Well, actually, they are from England, but not from the south of England, where I am. We're joined by uh, Naomi Brem from Durham. Naomi, welcome to Pep Talk. Thanks, Andy. Great to be here. <laughs> yes, and if you thought you were working professionals, that introduction would have shattered uh, those illusions. Now. Amy, you are, I believe, if I get this right, you are a staff worker with uh, with with UCCF, uh, working yeah. there in Durham. Um, now, most people, many people may have no idea what either of those things are. Not the word Durham, they can just find that on the map. But they may wonder, <laughs> what is a staff worker? What is UCCF? So what are those things and what are you doing there in that university town? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question. I mean, the name staff worker is probably the most stupid job title ever because isn't everyone a staff or a worker in whatever they're doing. Anyway, um, staff worker. So what I do is um, help to resource and equip and support and cheer on um, the Christian union in Durham. So I help students to share Jesus with the rest of their campus um, with their friends, put on events, think about personal evangelism, that kind of thing. But I'm also here to help create conversations about faith with students that maybe have never thought about Jesus before. Um, and UCCF is an organisation that works, well, a charity that works across the UK, doing this in loads of universities. So there are many of us working um, to resource and equip and help Christian students um, to share the gospel in their context. And is student ministry something that's particularly significant? I mean, we, we do put a lot of effort into student ministry across the country. Mm. It's something that's we've kind of been, you know, sort of aware of for a very long time. But what, why student ministry? What's significant about students? And why have you got back into the university setting after graduating mm. a few years ago to invest your life and your time amongst this particular group? What's the significance of this cohort? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, students are brilliant. They have lots of opinions. They have lots of thoughts. They've also got quite a lot of flexible time to do lots of thinking and to be exploring and deciding things like, who am I going to be? And what is my life going to look like? Um, it's a really key time for students making those big decisions and a formational time for um, for kind of their their beliefs and um, habits and lifestyles that is going to kind of create the foundation for the rest of their lives. Um, having said that, it's it's also it's also just amazing to think that the students I'm working with now, particularly in a place like Durham are going to go on to be leaders across our nation, across the world. Um, they're going to go on to have influence. And wouldn't it be amazing to think that someone could arrive at university, decide to ask lots of big questions about life, discover Jesus, dig into the Bible, realise um, the truth of it all, have their life transformed in those three to four years, and then continue in whatever they were planning to do, go on to be a lawyer, a CEO, and um, run a charity, do whatever and do it for Jesus wouldn't that be incredible the kind of influence that uh, students can go on to have in the future is what gets me excited about seeing them come to know the Lord yeah. now 
That's a that's an amazing kind of vision and picture you paint mm. uh, there, Navy. But look, a question some people might be asking is kind of what's fantastic, but you know, surely aren't universities like absolute bastions of secularism? I mean, isn't it just that most students today just not interested? You know, you're dealing with intellectuals, people who probably are not interested in those kind of things. It, do you find that the case? Is it a very closed place? Or is it always somewhere that's sort of easy to get conversations mm. going? How do, how do you find it there on, on your campus? Yeah, I think uh, universities definitely are a place that can have, uh, they maybe have the the kind of the heights and the depths of what's going on in culture. Can I, It can either come from what's happening in universities or it can be exaggerated. There's an article from The Guardian recently that said, um, it said that anyone wanting to see something of the culture wars in the UK should go to Durham University. That <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the place where everything seems to be exaggerated. Um, and perhaps that could be true for secularism. Although the thing is at the moment, particularly post-COVID, students, I think, are less sure about anything. <laughs> um, everything is upset, uncertain. Everything has been thrown up in the air. Um, and coming back, so I graduated 2019, pre-pandemic. Um, at that time, yeah, it probably was a place where intellectual questions were the main questions people were asking. Um, and having come back, returned in 2021, it is completely different. And students are far more open, perhaps a lot more ready to hear good news <laughs> and want to talk about things like what happens when you die or is there actually meaning in my pain? Um, so slightly different questions, but definitely there's an openness. Um, and although people have strong opinions and they might be voicing the questions of the culture really loudly at university, um, they are questioning and they are um, wrestling with things for themselves in a way that I think once people graduate and kind of get set in their ways, um, it might be slightly harder to change change their minds or change their lifestyles um, later on in life. Yeah. And have you noticed a significant change in the sorts of questions people are asking? You kind of hinted at that. So you've mm. been involved in the student team, what, seven or eight years since you went in first year as an undergraduate to today. Yeah. What are some of the kind of the changing nature of the sorts of questions that come up? If you're, you know, if you're doing a lunch bar or you're doing a Q&A session, what, what sort of things would have been maybe more typical when you were a first year as to, you know, eight years later today? Mm. Yeah, probably on the whole. And I think, I think, other people have mentioned this on the podcast before. I think on the whole, um, there's been a shift away from the more original kind of um, apologetics questions of um, how can you be a scientist and a Christian or um, questions around reliability of the Bible, um, historical evidence for Jesus. Those questions do still come up, definitely. Um, but I think you've got an injection of more of the heart level questions, the kind of with this, does this work? is this relevant rather than um, show me proof that Jesus um, was a real person 2000 years ago. It's like, well, even if he was, what does that matter now? <laughs> Can he make a difference in my life? Um, and instead of the kind of philosophical questions around suffering, you might be more likely to get um, the, the, instead of why does suffering happen, you might be more likely to get, okay, well, suffering is a given. What's the point in it? Um, and and where can I find hope in it? Um, so there's just slightly different questions, perhaps. Um, and I, I I'm hesitant to say that 
we've strayed away from apologetics because ultimately apologetics is applying the gospel and explaining it in whatever context you find yourself. And so there is still need for apologetics. It's just that the the way in which we are defending faith, the way um, the the culture and the questions and the heart behind the questions that are coming is slightly different. So um, we still need apologetics. Mm. We still need to talk about the gospel in a way that is compelling and showing its truth and its beauty. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's slightly different. That's um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's really helpful. Um, you know, we've talked a bit about the kind of the, now the, the sort of setting there on on campus, name and how you can engage with that. Let's perhaps turn it around a bit now. And perhaps talk about the, the Christians on on campus. Um, what's it like as a as you know for, for Christian students? You've got obviously experience now, UCF staff worker, but for younger folks, those who perhaps you know their first second year there at, at Durham, do people find it an easy? place to sort of get involved in sharing their faith is it a place where you find sort of new christians coming there's a temptation to keep one's head down and say nothing and if it's more of the latter i suppose how do you one of your jobs is to help equip students how are you finding mm. some of the ways to get those who perhaps are a little bit more fearful to get a bit more confident and a bit more sort of engaged with sharing their faith with their mm. friends yeah i think i think i find it helpful to uh help people to look at Jesus for themselves to fall in love with him more and knowing that that is the thing that's going to spur them on to share him um if I meet a fresher and I start telling them oh here are some five top tips for sharing your faith and I don't tell them first here's some ways to really get to know the Lord yourself then I'm missing something um knowing that if you're if you've fallen in love with someone or you've got a song in your head that you just can't get out or you found some new hobby that you're obsessed with, you're just naturally going to talk about it with people. And um, and so I find that discipleship and training for evangelism kind of come together. If I can um, help students to know and love the Bible, know and love Jesus for themselves, it's more likely to then naturally kind of overflow. Um, but also that as they look at Jesus, they'll see a man who deals with other people like a human (laughs) and who asks them questions and takes an interest in them and and is interruptible and has meals with people and um my hope is that they then are also inspired to not just kind of bring some four-point gospel to every single person they meet but firstly um let me get to know jesus let me get to know the person in front of me too um let me ask them questions let me hang out with them spend time with them um be where the people are, meet, meet them where they're at. Don't turn up at uni at Freshers' Week and just fill your schedule with Christian things. Um, but do like Jesus did and be found around a dinner table, be found in the bar, in the pub, in the place where the people are. Um, so, yeah, that probably my, that's probably my main focus is hmm. no Jesus, no people, um, and then bringing the two, the two together ultimately is what evangelism is, introducing people to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad, something happened before we came out to this recording. My daughter got an email inviting her for an interview at university. This is her second invitation. So we're we're getting ready to send a student out to the last. It's our last one. We'll have the the infamous empty nest by October once she goes. But thinking about new students going, what advice would you give to new students who are going to be arriving in the university context uh, and how they're going to sort of live and work and be part of a Christian community? Mm. What would be your top things that you would offer to to a new student? Oh, wow. Um, where to start? <laughs> 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 uh, 
um recently uh, I've, we've been looking at exodus as a church and i just love the part where moses says to the lord if you don't go with us don't send us up from here um, and I remember praying that as a fresher, as I moved my stuff in, going up and down these stairs with all this luggage <laughs> and just saying to God, like, if you're not going with me, I am not doing this thing. Um, but the wonderful news is that he does go with us. And I think that's a brilliant thing to to remember for your daughter heading off as she is in her lectures, as she's getting to know new friends, as she's um, going to try out societies or whatever she spends her time doing in, in Freshers Week. The Lord is with her and no part of uni culture has dropped off of his radar. Like she might have difficult conversations about areas of culture and questions. People might ask her about what she believes, but um, none of that escapes God's notice. I think I, I would definitely encourage them to um have a look beforehand, have a look at what churches are in the city they're moving to and um, start having a think and having a pray about what family they might be part of, because that will be a really key source of support and community. Um, get in touch with the Christian Union, see what they're doing. It's important to, to mm. know other students that are um, in the same context as you, trying to walk the way of Jesus in the same in the same direction, in the same place. Um yeah and do do a lot of praying <laughs> um yeah yeah i i found well the parents will be we could go yeah, no, exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you want to be you want to be someone who is um it's the classic being in the world and not of it you want to make good mm. connections with people find ways yep. to make community um both with christians and with those who aren't yet christians mm. um yeah. and not to be fearful of being different and yeah. and knowing Jesus, um, knowing that hmm. yeah, he, his spirit dwells in you. Like and this is why I remind my students all the time, like the spirit of the resurrected Jesus is living in you. That's crazy. But now off you go, <laughs> go off into your week, go into freshest week, go into um, hmm. that's that um, social this evening that you're a bit worried about or whatever, and know that he goes with you and goes before you. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's um. That making connection piece that you said there, I think, is mm. it's crucial, isn't it? Both for students, but also for folks in the workplace and other settings. You know, sometimes we can, I think, end up thinking we have to memorize clever four or five point plans and you know have whole strategies worked out. But it starts, as you say, with prayer, being connected with Jesus, and then connecting mm. with others. So this may sound like a really daft, low level question, but sometimes I think those questions are the ones that are helpful mm. what are some of the ways yeah. that you found just practically to make connections uh, you know mm. because i think some of the people don't know how to do that christians almost forgotten we spend our time just hanging out with others other christians and not connecting outwards so just at the very root level what are some of the ways that people can get better connected to their neighbors i mean obviously you're on campus but i imagine much of what you might say would equally apply if you're in the workplace move to a new neighborhood whatever. yeah yeah totally and this is something that god's been um, helping me to think more about in the last couple of weeks as well. Um, it's mostly for me been around remembering that I have other interests <laughs> in my life that are shared interests with people that don't share my faith and then to kind of look into that. So um, so for me, it looks like uh, I love trail running <laughs> and I discovered recently that there's an orienteering club that lives near me. And so I've gotten to know these um, these people that, believe different things, do different jobs during the day. Then we come together on a Wednesday night and run around trying to 
chasing maps slightly pointlessly, but it's good fun. Um, I think with students, there are so many ways to connect, um, particularly with all the different kinds of societies that there are to join. Think about what you love and then find other people that love that same thing. And already you're, you're starting kind of on a similar page. You've got that kind of connection. Um, I think, though, in terms of how to connect, one big thing is time. And the student world can be really busy. Um, I know particularly with Durham students, they love to fill their calendars with all sorts of stuff. <clears> and there's a sense of hurrying and rushing onto the next thing and being being busy is kind of a sign of, of life, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but there's something so important about having time with people and committing to people. And um, maybe that is, you know, second years who have a house together and decide, oh, we're going to make Monday nights a commitment. We're going to eat together as a house and we're going to check in and see how everyone's doing. Um, or maybe it's, yeah, more intentionally going out and just um, having coffee with a friend or letting conversation run on. I think, um time is such an important thing and and while students might not have uh, lots of money they, they do have lots of time and it's flexible um so that's a big thing i think mm. find something you love and find time with people um mm. and also just being human i think in conversation you know you can come away from a conversation and think that was an amazing conversation what was it that made that a good conversation it's often when you've had space to talk about yourself and your interests because the other person just asked you lots of good questions. Um, so what if we could be good conversation hosts? What if we could be people that connect well, even in a short conversation, because we've really asked good questions and not stayed on the surface level, but said, um, oh, particularly in Freshers' Week, the same conversation every flipping day. What's your name? What do you study? Where are you from? What A-levels did you do? Blah, 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 blah. Why don't we take it a bit deeper? And that is a way of connecting that is um, is really helpful. Oh, you study physics. Why why have you chosen to study physics? Um, why did you choose to come to this university? What is it about hockey that you're so interested in, or crochet, or whatever it is your thing? Is? <laughs> <laughs> Just making that conversation a bit. You've named easier. Gavin's two favourite hobbies: hockey and crochet at the same time. Brilliant. <laughs> the same, the same on a unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> We've got time for one one more question. So I want to throw a kind of a strange question uh, your way, actually. Because right. sometimes when we're trying to talk about evangelism and, and inspiring people to evangelism, you often get some really, you know, amazing stories told about, you know, dramatic conversions and things. But that mm. can be quite sort of disempowering for people who don't experience that regularly, and it can make them frightened of failure. Um, mm. How do we process failure? You know, I, should I hold a carol service in the halls? What if nobody comes? What if mm. I try to talk to my friend and they ask a killer question and I don't know the answer and I feel like a failure? So mm. how can we encourage people to be active in sharing their faith when you know that kind of lack of confidence is the problem and great big stories about dramatic things happening make them feel terrified, not empowered? Mm. How, do we, how do we process fear? How do we process what might be perceived as, as failure in evangelism? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question and um, a couple of thoughts on it. One is to think, well, what is failure and what is success here? Um, as a student, you might be thinking, okay, if I get 70% and I get a first, that is, that is success. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when it comes to, when it comes to evangelism, like what is that 70%? What is, <laughs> what does it mean mm -hmm. to be successful? Um, 
And if we define success by, wow, loads of people have become Christians through this CU event or through um, my conversations and my friendships. Well, I think we've got it wrong because we see in scripture that God is the one that saves. God is the only one that can change someone's heart Mm. and he can call his children Mm. home. I can't do anything to save someone else that is not in my power. I wasn't the one on the cross. Um, what, What our task is, is to go and introduce people to Jesus and let him do that work in their hearts. And so I have been faithful. I have been successful if I have shown and said things that are true about Jesus <laughs> to somebody. Um, sometimes I sometimes I think, wow, you know, it's even a success if if someone understands the gospel properly mm. and then decides, but I don't believe that. <laughs> if I've helped someone understand the gospel, that is a success. Um, both mm. the responsibility for someone coming to know Jesus and the the glory are not mine. Like the burden is not mine and mm. the glory is not mine. It is God's. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love in yeah. 1 Corinthians 3, it says, and um, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God mm. gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Um, which is brilliant. Yeah. I think, I think that's what should spur us on. Um, and, and then knowing that having that freedom, we're free from thinking, what if this conversation flops? What if I totally lose my reputation? What if we do an event and no one comes? Why are we not asking questions like, what if this friend came to know the Lord? And then, oh my goodness, that, that would be incredible. What if I said a, com- a question in this conversation mm. and it totally opened it up and it didn't shut it down? What if we put on this event and there were so many seekers that came that the CU would have to leave to give up more seats for them. Like why, why, why does what if always end up being a negative yes. thing and not positive? Um, I, yeah. I yeah. like that. And the funny thing is this must be a God thing because I was thinking of, you know, as we wrap up, I was just thinking of remarking that I mean, I, I was reading first Corinthians 15 this mm. morning, my morning reading There's that lovely verse. I love that little bit, that last verse. Where Paul says, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't always know how things play out. I've come across people who become Christians who actually you talk to them and it was something that happened to them 20 years before. And I think, well, the person who shared Christ with them 20 years before obviously doesn't know what happened, but God mm. knows. And our, our task is to be faithful. Well, mm. maybe it's been absolute pleasure talking with you just thank you for just your wit and your wisdom and uh and just yeah just really uh, excited about all that you're doing there in durham you know we do we get involved in lots of university missions and i just have mm-hmm. so much respect for students and staff workers like yourself you know we come in and go out again but you guys are there day in day out and uh, it's exciting and, and god is at work on, mm-hmm. on campus so thank you for joining yeah, us it's been great to have you with us and uh we will be back in two weeks' time with another episode of a uh, pep talk, uh, where again Gavin will be standing in. So if you liked uh, Gavin's doing his well, he's not quite his Christy Mayor impression, but standing not in for Christy while I occasionally would made rude comments about him, there'll be more of the same <laughs> in two weeks' time. So goodbye from all of us and have a wonderful fortnight.